Hey guys, welcome to Resiliency Rounds, and today we are going to be talking about justice. We, from the beginning, have been talking about the virtues, wisdom, temperance, courage, and justice. And we are in a current social and political environment where justice is very much on people's minds at this point, I think because of the recent episodes of police brutality, basically violations of civil liberties, uh, civil rights that have a lot of people upset. So I just had a very moving experience um, that I want to share with you. In reading about justice and all of these, the civil implications, and the other thing I have to disclose is I have a very altruistic and passionate 17-year-old daughter <laughs> who I share a lot of these readings with. And we learned that there was going to be a rally today uh, in the city. And she said, we need to go. We should go. And I agreed with her. I said, right. Because one of the, and this is, I'm extrapolating now, but I think one of the issues with justice is ordering yourself to justice, but that when you see injustice, to the extent that you can call that out, you can point that out, there has to be a mechanism for the, the domestic interactions to correct for infractions. And peaceful protest, I believe, is one way of accomplishing that. There needs to be a mechanism for the people, the citizenry, to tell the government that you're, you're failing in this part of the contract. We're working under the assumption that we're equal, and here you failed, and we need to fix that. We need to work on that. I had no idea what it was going to look like, but we both agreed that we felt this need that we need to, we need to add our voice to this movement. Uh, we need to add our voice for this intuitive reach for justice. And so we agreed to go and just spend some time there and just demonstrate support, and we did. Uh, but on the drive down there, I took that opportunity to unpack what is really going on here. What is really the point of all of this? And so I asked her about the phrase that a lot of the protesters are saying, which is no justice, no peace. So what do you think about that? Do you think justice is required for peace? And we were easily and quickly arrived, yes, justice is required for peace. But the, question, the next question is, is justice enough? So we got there and um, I was moved, man, because what we ended up doing was we had to park very far away from the rally and we ended up having to walk through a predominantly black neighborhood to get to the rally point. So we didn't follow the crowd. And there was a lot of families out on the porch, black families. And we walked by one family, uh, but it was clear that they knew where we were headed. And we walked past one family and they waved at us, hey, and you know, we waved back and it was great. And then we walked past another family and um, they were all just standing out there. And the dad was playing with a young toddler girl. And I, the matriarch of the family clearly was standing out there. And she started waving at us and uh, she said, we love you. And I'm like, man, like you've talked about this sense of community. And I had a flash of it for that moment. I was like, there's so much more that we could be doing to develop that. And then when we got to the actual rally itself, man, it was people from all walks of life. It was a 
rallied like I've never seen him before in my life. I've been to festivals, I've been to concerts, but I've never seen anything like this. I saw people who were clear white suburbanites and Native American groups and Asians uh, and um, and I saw like punk rockers, like with mo- white punk rockers with their mohawks and black people. And they were all together. Like they were all like, we're unified. Whatever this is, whatever their intent, whatever motivated. But for that moment, they were all there together. It was uh, so powerful, right? I, I had no words for it. And I was like, I have never seen anything like this. And as when we left, you know, I was talking with Sophia and I'm like, this is a sea change. Like there's something different. Who knows? Maybe this will fizzle out, but maybe it won't. What change though? What do you think this is going to change? There's tipping points, right? Like when you know, when you look at the major changes in history, there's, there's always kind of like this slow tick. And then there's this tipping point that's reached. And then things all of a sudden flood. And like there's this rapid change. In what? I think what's happening here is that there is a sense of... I think what's happened is that we've reached a point now where it's more than just black leaders and people in the black community saying, hey, this is not right. You see what keeps happening here? Like this is not right. The voice pointing that out has mostly been black. And there's been some by, you know, some people outside of their group that have lent support to that. But what's happening now is it's something that I've never seen before. There was a large throng of white people there who clearly had are not from that neighborhood, man. Like I'm telling you, like there was people clearly well off, like in a totally different socioeconomic status walking around. And, and um, there was a group of Native Americans there and like there was a solidarity there. So as to what's changed, I can't really put my finger on it, but I just think it, maybe it's the fact that this kind of, this is this constant droning of these events. And I think what triggered it was just the brutality of that video, just what they saw. It just, there's a, you're right. There was a visceral reaction to what they saw and that engendered this very strong sense of injustice. And I think for the people who had been, because think about it, because you're right, in some ways, I could never put my shoes in the, uh, myself in the shoes of an African-American who's been pulled over for no other reason except for that they're African-American. Like, that's got to wear on you, man. That's got to piss you off. That's got to feel wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, I think what it was is that, you know, that lady said, I love you. There was a... Um, there was a, (laughs) we, I looked in her eyes, man. And I like, because of, because of COVID, I can't do anything. I can't shake her hand or give her a hug or anything like that. But I looked at her and I was like, I nodded and I said, I went like this. And I was like, um, she, then that moment, she was my neighbor. She was my equal. She saw me in herself. And I saw her in myself. Now, see, the words now escape me, but that's what that feeling was. It was this, this moment of community that I'd never, and it, it completely sliced across economic strata and it sliced across ethnicities. It was just everybody at least had, for this moment had the same idea that whatever it is, something's not right right now, but we all are here together in agreement. It's a powerful moment. 
Um, I mean, the way you describe it, yeah, it obviously is. It's very powerful, man. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. As I did the reading um, about justice, it occurred to me that, you know, justice isn't just about how you treat one another. I mean, that is the foundation of justice. But there's two qualities to justice. There's justice as a social virtue, mm-hmm. and then there's, so, then there's justice as an individual virtue. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me that there is a continuum between the two, meaning that the social virtue of justice sort of relies on the willingness of individuals to embrace their own sense of justice as individuals. Yeah, that's very well said. And so it's sort of a, uh, it's an emergent property. What does of, that mean though? I think it's important to talk about what, yeah. what we mean by uh, social justice as opposed to individual justice. So individual justice is the judgments that you make as they pertain to your interactions with other people. And to the extent that you are going to make judgments, decisions, to inform the actions, because it's important to point out that it has to do with action, that you're going to act in a way that is fair and equitable. For example, if you and I go and decide to grab some pizza, my sense of justice, my individual justice, the individual virtue of justice, this is a very trivial example. I'm going to slice that pizza right exactly down the middle because I am going to share the good of that pizza with you equally because in my mind, that is the, that is the equal result of the formula in my mind. So we're, we are both equals and thus we should share things equally in that regard. Share the good equally. It's what tells me what slices, the, what, what tells me to slice the pizza right down the middle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that is a very, and we'll explore it more, but that is a very simplified view of the individual virtue of justice. So the, the guiding principle of justice is what informed how I should act in that situation as, I, as an interaction with somebody else. Got it. Okay. The social virtue of justice is how well a community or a government is able to preserve the fairness, the equality amongst the interactions between itself and its citizens and between citizen to citizen. So that is the, that is how I view the, the social aspect, the social virtue of justice. But someone could argue though, that the, what you described initially is also a social virtue of justice, right? It is you and me, and I am, I could be society, it could be mm-hmm. one, it could be many, yeah. right? So is that really a di- differentiation between, I get what you're saying, no, I get I, what you're saying, how one, for, one yeah, go ahead. So what I would say is it's kind of a continuum because there is, and we keep doing, it, this seems to be the recurring team, or recurring theme every time we talk about a virtue or a concept, but there's like a micro and a macro. Yeah. But, you know, um, cause I agree with you. There's no, there's no question that those are two separate things altogether. Right. 
there is this justice that comes from from a it's like a natural precept right that those are the rules that you and me know exist we didn't you and me didn't sign a contract saying that i'm going to be fair to you i'm not going to walk into your house and 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 steal your property right. and walk away i didn't sign any such contract but i know it exists right right and that comes from the sense man knows how to interact with other men what is good is good what is bad is bad when you're doing something bad you know right it is bad that is the intentionality of it and obviously you can end up doing an act that is non voluntary accidental right mm-hmm. and it could be an act that turns out to be a bad act or not a good act but intentionally when you do an act you know if this is a good act or a bad act right. so everybody has that moral compass and this and this kind of um this natural knowing is i think what you're getting at is sort of like the the natural uh the natural source of rights basically or sense of justice stems from that right so and that's commented on explicitly right in the declaration of independence and constitution you know unalienable rights was something that the framers of the constitution were very mindful of you know and they had read philosophy they knew what they were talking about it was in- but what that means i think unalienable there means that that is a natural um a natural uh right mm-hmm. that every human being has every human being mm-hmm. just by the fact that you're a homo sapien you have that right the right to liberty life uh life liberty and the pursuit of uh, happiness right 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 uh and so uh, of the two liberty like independence right right and life are are you have it in you have it inherently just by the fact that you're a human right and those are unalienable right they can never be taken away from you right but they but i think the reason they did that was because it was important for them to make the point that we believe these are natural rights mm-hmm. that these rights exist whether or not there is a government to stipulate yes. that you deserve them or not that's right and so if a government is not granting you those rights then the government cannot take them away and right. or should not right put it that way right and that that kind of gets right. into <laughs> larger issues right. but 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 that was a general idea right mm-hmm. so they said we think these are just natural rights okay um and we are going to fashion a government that that supports that idea that these rights should be protected and distributed equally amongst all members of the citizenry that's right now so that's different now so because now we are talking about the second concept when you talk about social justice that's what you're talking about the social when, the social virtue the social justice, virtue of justice right? is when you and me come together and say we are going to form a set of laws which we're going to write down now right these are natural we weren't born with it we can actually sit down and come right. up with a set of laws and as a demo, as as a democracy all those involved are going to come in and they, they they're going to they're going to you know uh give our give their views there's going to be debate and we're going to come up with a set of laws and those laws are going to f- be based off of natural justice which exists which we all know to be to uh exist we have never signed any contract but we all know right we can discuss what those are but then come up with a set of laws which we are now going to call laws right, right? and the if you uphold those laws right that is justice right in a way in if, a way yeah right in a way like if you if you uphold them equally for everybody by the state correct that is social justice right. social virtue of justice from the standpoint of um a a civil society yeah uh they make 
that foundation to draw upon the fact that there needs to be a basis for equality. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a basis to say this person and that person are equal in the eyes of the law. And then from that assumption, this large framework of laws is built to govern the interaction between equal peoples. That's why it's easy to, to say that justice is compliance with law, but that is also not correct. It's not completely correct because you can have laws that are unjust, right? Because we, you could fail at working within that framework. And if there is no true equality, <laughs> to say that everybody's equal on paper but then to act in accordance with that equality is totally different. And so when there is no functional equality between people, that is a source of injustice at that point. So you're bringing up um, this point that Plato brought up in uh, The Republic, mm-hmm. where uh, there's this very famous conversation between Plato and another character in this, where they talk about, is it better to be uh, just or unjust? Is it better to suffer injustice or do injustice? That's correct. Right. To, to do injustice, suffer injustice. And I think the, there are two points that come out of, the, come out of it. The, his, Socrates' opponent talks about uh, why it is always better to be the one who um, uh, meets out injustice as opposed to one who suffers from injustice because he says justice and injustice are relative terms. Socrates says it's better to suffer. Socrates says it's better to suffer, but the opposite. The, the other the person opponent, said, the opponent right. starts saying that it's it, it's there is no reason to suffer injustice. Or you should always be the one who's the oppressor. Essentially, the the might makes right argument. Might makes right. So argument. the yeah, exactly so right. the working assumption meaning that you know that there's no natural right. The rights that you have are those that are bequeathed to you by the government and therefore the government can... By the strong. Right. By the strong. Right. right? By rulers. And by the rulers. And uh, the the weak, if they do not obey those laws, they are now... Um, they are breaking the law. Mm-hmm. And so justice from the strong is making sure that the laws are upheld. And if they do not uh, oppress the weak to enforce the laws, they are also not, are being unjust. It's a weird way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, well, we don't look at justice in those terms because we, we believe justice to be equality, which it is. Right. And Socrates completely, Plato, through Socrates, right. completely destroys that argument right. and talks about how suffering injustice is, uh, is the right thing to do in all situations as opposed to being the oppressor. Right. Actually, so you're better off suffering injustice than, than doing injustice. And he, Socrates has a very elegant reason why. Right. So that is platonic justice. Mm-hmm. And when you started off saying that there's an individual and a social, I thought you were referring to platonic justice. Mm. But platonic justice is justice inside your soul, where the competence inside of you, the, the competence of courage, mm-hmm. temperance, wisdom are ordered by justice right. to be equally meted out. You cannot be too wise and be uh, a, co- a coward. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, 
that's justice coming into kind of equilibrium yeah, that as i read about justice that was a really fascinating concept for me because i understood justice as kind of the the fair rules that govern the interactions between peoples and then as you build up from there right and where that inflection point go where it goes from being individuals to social it's hard to say but then there's the how how the rules that govern interactions between peoples and their government or groups to groups right because groups can be fair as we're learning painfully right. groups can be unfair to each other um but then you're right then there's fairness to yourself and before i read about justice i had never considered that and that's that sent my wheels spinning because i think that's something that physicians struggle with too um but yes how you order your own virtues how you are able to modulate between courage wisdom and temperance is a form of justice to yourself mm-hmm. the way that i think of it for me as a physician how so the question is, is how can you be unjust to yourself like this when you don't ask for help when you're ashamed to ask for help or for, this is how i interpret it i have felt guilty to ask for help and it, the guilt has actually been strong enough to where it's silenced me it's tied my tongue in a knot and said no you're not going to do that mm. i'm not being just to myself and it's because i felt like i was holding myself to this unrealistic standard like oh that means that you're not you suck or you're too lazy or you didn't manage your time well enough and when i'm doing that i'm being unjust to myself mm-hmm. i'm not allowing myself to be temperate to myself right. and it's not the truth right. so i'm abandoning wisdom And I think a lot of physicians who are struggling I mean with burnout or just stress or just having bad days that that is the lack of justice to yourself maybe at the root of a lot of that mm-hmm. when you look at it that yeah. way. Uh and that was fascinating for me to read. I'd never considered like it there's yes there's your personal virtue of justice as how you decide how to interact with the people cutting that slice of pizza evenly. But then there's the how you interplay and modulate between your own virtues like the intra virtue of justice and that's where it's sort of like offering help and asking for help right right so um or uh not being moderate i mean most or temperate that's where i see most uh problems arising from you know yeah. you you know working too long or uh you know spending too much or uh focusing too much on external sources of reward mm-hmm. all of these can are ways that you could be just to yourself don't forget to uh look us up and subscribe to our podcast and leave us an honest five star rating <laughs> <laughs> But really at this point any feedback uh would be greatly appreciated and as always um we will include relevant information in our show notes uh, wherever possible. So we have a Twitter handle, we have a Facebook page. Uh we also have uh our uh, Gmail account uh, resiliencyrounds@gmail.com. Uh shoot us some questions, uh you know, give us some feedback there um and uh, we'd be happy to get back in touch with you. All right, All right guys. guys, until next time. Yeah, thank you.